We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. NBA most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast and proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish and I am joined today, tonight, by the encouraging Rohan Kadi. You can take that in more ways than one and we are here to talk about a an important conversation and a timely one given that we are like a week and a half-ish from the trade deadline. Nine obviously, days when not, this goes out, I believe. I think eight when it goes out, I think nine as we record, I'm Is pretty it? sure. A little bit more oh, than a week until right. the trade deadline. Right. Yeah. Buyout season after that. This is this is a, a rough intro, folks. But we're gonna figure out the Bucks closing five, and then address a separate question: Would any midseason acquisition actually have a chance of slotting into that group? So obviously, to start to figure out the second part, we kind of need an idea of what the current optimal closing five is, at least. Generally speaking, I suppose it could change based on matchups, but Rohan, I think we can probably knock out the first three spots pretty quickly. Yes. And uh, I will say the trade deadline is March 25th. So yeah, so nine days from when we record, eight yes. days from when you're first listening to this on Wednesday or less if you listen to it later. We still love you. Thank you for listening. Subscribe on your platform of choice to, to not miss the next episode. But so yeah, uh, a little bit more than a week away from the trade deadline. So, as I mentioned, the closing lineup, obviously, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, done, set, sealed. You know, there's been some fun back and forths about who's who's the top and the, who's the – oh, not who's the top. Who's the second guy in that? Not what we're doing right now. Don't care. 
those three are in. Number four, does it get interesting or not, Rohan? I think it does get interesting. It does get a little I'm interesting. I'm excited to hear what you have to say first. I want you to go first. Well, I think, you know, if we're living in the real world where, unfortunately, most of the time <laughs> we do, it's Dante DiVincenzo. I think that's who's going to be out there um, pretty much all the time. I think the organization and, and Bud are, are big fans of Dante, and there's a lot to like there, clearly. And I think it probably starts with defense. Uh, I wouldn't call Dante DiVincenzo a lockdown on-ball defender, but off-ball, one of the best in the league at intercepting passes and, you know, uh, forcing turnovers and all this. Kind of a kind of a gambler on defense, but it pays off a lot. Offensively, it's kind of a grab bag. Some days he looks like JJ Redick 2.0. Some days the shots are not good. The layups he are looks like current JJ Redick. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Sometimes he looks like prime JJ, sometimes like uh, Pelicans JJ. But uh, in the layups are always a question mark. But I think I think you can pencil, not pen. I think you can pencil him in there. I think I probably agree with the Bucks on that one. I think as much crap – I don't even want to say crap. I think we fairly analyze the highs and lows of Dante DiVincenzo. And everyone. I, and everyone. It's, it's what we do. It's what we do here in the Eurostep. Uh, no slant here. Normal size collars only. Um, that's a good reference to Brian Colangelo. I, you know it's a good reference. You have to walk it out. I didn't see Rohan laugh right away in the video, so I wasn't sure if that was clear. Um, but I don't know. I, I do think I do think all things told, Dante fits. And I also think in these like closing scenarios, I feel like he's a little less likely to act uh, to try too much. I don't know. What are your What are your thoughts on Dante in the closing five? I think that's a really good way to put it because you uh, in in closing lineups, there's a clear hierarchy of players. There's the top three and then there's everyone else <laughs> in terms of Milwaukee Bucks basketball. So when it comes really down to it at the end of the games, end of the wire, uh, you really get uh, you really get Dante sort of playing within himself. If you think early on in the games, you're like, yeah, maybe I can get my shot going tonight. Maybe I can, you know, sort of get things rolling a bit here, take some early shots, be aggressive, and, you know, maybe it'll pay off. But when it comes down to it, you do not want the ball in anyone else's hands besides Chris, Giannis, and Drew. You really don't. So I think that's what makes Dante a good a good fourth person in this uh, uh, closing lineup, and that's who I'm going to go with as well. Yeah, and I, th- I just think at the end of the day, has the most utility on both ends against the most groups, right? Like Dante is athletic and that, that plays in. So that kind of automatically sets him apart from, you know, Brooke Lopez. Um, sorry, Brooke Lopez. We'll, we'll get to you in a second. Um, but the athleticism is there. He can get to the rim. He can't always finish when he's there, but he can get there. Um, he's a willing passer. I think a pretty good passer overall. Um, he can actually dribble and move around while dribbling, which is not true for, for every Milwaukee Buck. The three-point shot looks good. It's kind of off and on, but it certainly looks good, especially when his feet are set and planted and they're not some of these crazy off-the-dribble shots. And we already talked about the defense. So I just think he pro- he offers the most overall of any player that would be in consideration for fourth, not of any player on the roster, but of anyone out of the non-top three guys. Yeah, he really does. I completely agree with you on that one. I'm excited to see who you go with next. 
Yeah. So I think we might have different answers. I'm almost positive we do. I feel like I'm just stunned at the blowback to my answer, but I want to let's start with the fifth starter first, which is not my answer, but Brooke Lopez. Um, and we just did another pod all about Brooke Lopez for, for a detailed convo on Brooke. Check out that pod also should be up on the feed today, but Brooke Lopez as the fifth guy in crunch time. I don't love it just because, you know, the switching is not really going to be there. Brooke Lopez is shown he's able to do a little bit more than we've seen, but I don't think I want him out there at the end of most close games. I think I'd rather see a different group. Yeah, it's fair. We've, this is the, this is the conversation we've unfortunately been forced to have with Brooke Lopez. And like you mentioned, go check out the first pod so you can, you know, get a full, full context on how we currently feel about Brooke Lopez. But it's just, you unlock another level of your team when you don't have Brooke Lopez on the floor and you go with a different option at center. You really do. So it, it really makes Brooke Lopez's value in fourth quarters of close games where it really comes down to it. It makes it makes the value diminished. So he, he's not my answer either. So we I mean, might have the same answer, honestly. Well, we'll see. And I think the caveat with the whole combo there is depending on the team. Maybe yes, yes. if he's having a good game against Joel Embiid and you're playing the Sixers, you know, you don't just bench him just to do it, right? So, like, if it's a center-heavy team and he's looking good against that center, it's a different story. But against a lot of the teams that are going to play smaller than the Sixers, I think uh, I think there are other options. My answer is Bryn Forbes. And Ooh. I don't think many people agree with this. I think this is a hot take. Um, here's the thing with Bryn Forbes. Positionally, the lineup is a little weird. I will give you that. Basically, it's Giannis at the five. Chris Middleton becomes your four, which is a whole other combo again. Probably a good place for Chris considering the defense he's playing lately. I mean, Brad Beal. I mean, Brad Beal is Brad Beal, but like just pushing through Chris Middleton like, you know, a paper towel. Just out of the way. Just gone. I'm at the rim again. Goodbye, Chris Middleton. You paper know, towel. Put a, New nickname for Chris a Paper towel. I don't I, don't, I hope that doesn't stick. Um, paper towels do stick if they're wet. It doesn't matter. Um, but like put Chris maybe on some of these bigger, slower wing players. It might be better all around. But then your your three ends up basically being Drew Holiday, which I give you that is weird, right? Like a guy most people look at as a point guard suddenly is your nominal three. Here's the thing, folks. Positionless basketball. So I think – Basically, what you do is Giannis plays the five and guards the best opposing big player. And again, this is not going to work against every lineup, but especially if it's a team that tends to go small, um, like maybe your Brooklyn's of the world uh, or Boston, who can't find a center to save their lives right now. I think it could work. So Drew Holiday guards the best of the threes or smaller players. And then Dante guards the second best. And then basically you just put Bryn Forbes on whoever stinks. So like, this is a random example, but think of the OKC Thunder when they had KD, right? Like their fifth starter was Andre Roberson. Bryn Forbes can guard Andre Roberson. That's not going to be an issue for you. And I think overall his defense has been pretty solid. Offensively, he's been incredible. Like he's not going to be on every single game. But I think, I mean, we talk about the effects of spacing being bigger than even just made shots, right? Like defenses cannot ignore Bryn Forbes. He's just way too much of a difference maker and way too much of a threat. And that's because the guy is shooting a comfortable 46.7% from deep on nearly five attempts from there per game. He can do it off movement. He can do it off the catch. His floater games looking 
pretty good. I don't love all the shots he takes, but they're not bad. I think if he can nail down that Dante DiVincenzo-esque, you know, really not taking too many shots, which again, I think in those big moments out there with all those other players, I don't think it's going to turn into like a Bryn Forbes takeover where he takes every single shot. But I do think the offensive upside makes it worth it. And he's been fine defensively. I, I think you can almost always hide him somewhere. I don't think he'll get picked on too much. Yeah, he was going to be my first, you know, he was going to be my first alternate, I guess I could okay. say. Okay, sure, sure. Or second, actually. I haven't, oh. I haven't completely decided yet. He's okay. sort of tied with someone else. Okay. My answer is Bobby Portis. I figured you might go Bobby Portis. to Talk about this. So what this essentially does is it gives you another, you know, Giannis at center lineup, which uh, in an ideal world is just incredible, incredible. We've seen flashes of it this entire season. Like you mentioned, it's it it has the potential to be one of the greatest lineups in the league, in my opinion, I will say that. But if you get Bobby Portis out there, he gives you another big. And that is actually important in your lineup where you sort of get. uh, you sort of get Chris Middleton playing the four, he can sort of get out muscle a bit in those sort of matchups. Bobby Portis is still a big guy. Yes. Given he will have some defensive lapses here and there, he won't, you know, he, he won't be like a stalwart defensive player out there, but neither is Chris <laughs> at this point. He really isn't. Uh, that's not to minimize what Chris Middleton does on the basketball court, but that's an entirely different conversation. Uh, <laughs> but Having Bobby Portis out there, along with Drew, Dante, Chris, and Giannis, that gives you realistically playmaking at every single position while also maintaining size. And I think that's important for how this team is going to be playing in the postseason because their two their two real main threats are you know Philly and Brooklyn. Obviously, the Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee top three teams in the East. It can't really be debated at this point. Correct. So, so if you get a Philadelphia matchup. You really need to go with size. And like you were saying earlier, if Brooke Lopez is actually showing value value in that matchup, you ha- you should play him. Again, you should not just change matchups just to change matchups. You should do it based on how they're playing and not how the opposing team is faring against these lineups. But if you get, you know, like a Philly matchup and Brooke Lopez isn't doing great and you decide to go with this sort of smaller lineup, you still get size out there. You still get like two near seven footers out there. You might have won me over. Very easily. So, I mean, the thing is, like, Bobby Portis actually shooting better from three than Bryn Forbes, which is wild. Less volume, but not not a ton less. I mean, I'm looking at per 36 numbers right now, and Bryn's got him by a ton there. Bryn's taking nine threes per 36. But Bobby Portis still taking a fair amount, and he finds the corners more. Bobby Portis, I think, takes better threes a lot of the time. Like, he'll be wide open, which is nice. Um, He's a little shockingly a little less trigger happy. I didn't think Bobby Porters would be less trigger happy than anyone, but I do think he's probably less trigger happy than Bryn Forbes. Uh, 48.9%. Also, you go from the second best rebounder on the team behind only Giannis and Bobby to the literal worst in Bryn Forbes, 2.4 rebounds per 36. He's not helping you there. And also the interesting thing, Bobby Portis actually has been a more willing passer than Bryn Forbes. Bobby just under oh, two. Bryn, Bryn Forbes does not pass. Just doesn't when pass. He gets the he's ball, he's too busy shooting. shooting. Yeah, he is shooting the ball. <laughs> I think you. I think you might have convinced me. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And it's just tough because I, th- I still think Bryn Forbes is just such a weapon, but maybe he is just too much of a specialist to close games. Maybe Bobby Portis does make more sense if you want this that small This is the problem look. we saw with Bryn Forbes in San Antonio realistically like he was like a quality starter for them for a long time and like throughout the regular season but when it came down to it you couldn't have him out on the court not to say that he can't be he definitely can be like for the reasons that you described i still think he has the potential to be on the floor for the closing guy just because of how dynamic his shooting is and how much of a weapon it is like like you were saying i just think that he does have some weaknesses that you can remedy by putting bobby portis in there The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. So there's, I think there's a lot of consternation about Pat Connaughton potentially being a closing player. Nice I think word that's, choice. Thank you. Um, appreciate that. There's been uh, a hubbub over this. And I think what's funny is like the most common sentiment I feel like I've seen regarding Pat in the last couple of weeks is some variation of like, I like the way he's looked this season good player, but I don't think he should be out there closing games. And people like will reply this to my tweets, like praising Pat Connaughton. And what I always think is like, yeah, me neither. I've never, I've never once said like, yeah, Pat should be one of your five guys you're closing games with in the playoffs. Absolutely not. I think he can play in the playoffs. It's a different thing than Bryn Forbes. It's almost like, I don't want to say he's not enough of a specialist because he shot the ball really well this season. Um, 39%. He's not, he's not a shooter like Bryn Ford. No, and he's not. He doesn't do anything. I mean, besides just like raw sheer athleticism to enough of a point where I think there's you know an argument there. he played baseball, Ty? I, I had heard that. I thought it was hockey. Ah, oh, dang. No, he played baseball. <laughs> oh, okay. Good to know. Um, but like, I don't think Pat should close games either. You know, any consideration to him? You said there was a second alternate. Are you thinking DJ Augustine or were you just considering Brooke Lopez? You were thinking Pat Condon. Okay. So do you want to see him out there closing games? I think he has the potential to be out there. He really does. He really this this is coming from me. <laughs> so this is, you this know. is a lot. This is I'm surprised. This sounds like a tie take. This is coming from Rohan. Yes. So I'm I've done some growing here. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, Pat, he has he's sort of won me over. During the season so far, it's been like good, he, largely. he has, he's been good. I can't really find any sort of like glaring week aside from jumping Pat, just like stop it. I, th- I think he's been better. I think he's been better. Most games. I haven't noticed it as much at least. 
either that or you're tuning it out. Your brain. Yeah, or or maybe I'm just like, you know, I'm not he, noticing it because does. he doesn't do it as often. I yeah, that's that. my thing. He still does. But he's it. also not in the position to do it. But when he is in the position to do it, you know, he's jumping. <laughs> I think it feels better because he um, like at least the shots are falling on the other end. Right. Like it makes it a lot more forgivable. Yeah, the shots are falling and he's not taking just audacious shots off drives or anything anything ridiculous that we've seen in the past. Like if a shooter's closing out on him, he'll just sort of drive and like try to hop step into a layup that doesn't usually work or throw a bullet pass out that's not really accurate. Uh, but that we haven't really seen a lot of that this season. He's sort of playing within himself. I know I say that a lot, but he is. He really is. He's playing within his means. He's not trying to do anything he can't do out there or should do out there, <laughs> you know? So that's why if he if he keeps himself restrained, I think he does have the potential to play in the closing five, especially if you want to go like super small. If you have Pat at the four, that's a different element right there, especially against a team like a Brooklyn who does play super small. You can throw that out there. You can have Pat Connaughton match a Bruce Brown. But is it ever more worthwhile than playing Bobby Portis? No, which is why I don't yeah. have Pat. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. And I will say my favorite Pat Connaughton stat of the season, 14 total turnovers for Pat this year, which is like good. If you're not you're not ever the primary creator, you don't ever need to dribble in the uncontested waters. Don't turn the ball over. He has more blocks than turnovers. That's something that's never happened for Pat across really? a full season. Okay. 15 blocks, 14 turnovers. He's actually... He's never had more steals than turnovers either, and he's got comfortably more, 25 to 14. So he's four, he's he's gaining more possessions than he's losing in the aggregate. It's not even close, which is good, which is is really positive stuff. I think he's cleaned up his play, and obviously, you know, 33% very steadily over his first with the Bucks, 366 shots, 39% this year. That's the real differentiator. I think we gloss over it because it's like almost implied, but that's the big deal with Pat, right? Like he's making the threes now. Yeah, he really is. Plus, he's also a very switchable defender. Yeah. Very switchable defender. And you can't really get that with some of these other options, even with Bobby. They put him on KD. They did. It didn't go well. No, it It didn't go terrible, but but it didn't go well. I mean, yeah, there's only so much you can really do against Kevin Durant. Even yeah, though he was in position Chris block his shot before, which is wild. That is that's that's, that's Chris has been dunking a lot recently. As an aside, he has, a lot he had of Chris two hander. He had a two hander against the Wizards. I love it. I, I I always I always want to tweet release the doves every time. I think everyone has a release the doves thing that happens. For me, it's Chris dunking every time I see it. It's like I don't know. It's like a rainbow in the wild. It's like oh look at that. But yeah, no, it's it's great. <laughs> like Chris dunking is good. It means he's being more aggressive, uh, exactly. which is what we love to see from Chris. But Pat, yeah, he he was Close. guarding Kevin Durant at one point. Close, I think, is where we're landing on Pat. Like not not that he's far. He's not off. in there. He's not in there for either of us. But he has the potential to be. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, you you almost sold, you've almost I can't even talk. You've almost sold me. This situation is so nuts. That's why I'm losing my my grip on reality here. You've you've got me having him at least in the same tier as Bryn Forbes as a closer. Okay. Maybe even your, better. The switchable defense is really, really so useful. You, you're changing, you're taking Bryn out and putting uh putting Pat in? No, no, I think Bobby. Okay. I think I'm I'm liking Bobby, what Bobby adds too much. Especially if you're trying to if you're basically stashing him on like the worst of the four or five on the other team. Yeah. 
And never ask him to play drop. Never ask him to play drop in these moments. That's crucial to the Bobby Portis experience. Just don't do it. Don't ever do it, really. Never have him drop. That's that's anything when you don't have Brooke Lopez on the floor. If you don't have Brooke Lopez on the floor, you should not be playing drop. Any other you can never be playing drop. Ice, you can hedge, you can trap. You can play kid defense for all I care. It'll work We've seen better. Traps off screens more often nowadays. I like that a lot better than trying to drop with someone who. All due respect, just no idea what to do. Yeah, no uh, clue. We we saw traps off screens uh, against the Wizards, which is fair because if you're trapping Bradley Beal, you're fine with any other outcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so. Oh no, not a rush jumper. Oh heavens! Although he did carve up the box, he did. Uh, but. Maybe that doesn't work against other teams. But yes, you should never be playing drop coverage when Brooke Lopez is not on the floor. Yeah. So I think, ironically enough, we're coming to the conclusion that probably Brooke Lopez or Bobby Portis in in a lot of scenarios. Yeah. And then maybe Pat. No love for DJA. No love for Thanasty. Thanasty was actually one of my... come on. No, see, hear me out. This is the Galaxy Uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. This is going to strain me. So... It's okay. We we've discussed, seriously discussed that Thanasis has been a positive contributor for Milwaukee. I think easily Correct. the Bucks' most improved player. Ah, uh, maybe Pat. He's up there. Yes, but he has also been one of the best defenders. He's been quite good. He's been one of the best wing defenders. I will say. Who? Oh, do you remember who sent me the clip? I think it was Erstanity. Erstanity. Erstan. I think Erstan sent me a great clip of him pre-switching. Yes, it's I, just I know you've harped on that on the pod before, accurately. Yes, that that's he's the best on the team at that. He will read defenses or excuse me, read offenses better yeah. than anyone else I've seen on the team. So if you just get that sort of defensive intelligence on the floor, it can't really hurt you, given he can hurt you in a lot of other ways, <laughs> but he has he has the potential to be the best on the court at something. And that's that's good. If you can do that and ha- if you can be the best on the court at something and it's a positive thing, I should say, um, you have the potential to play when it matters. We did agree he was second best, though, after I prodded you with Drew. I think yes. we're giving Drew the edge. He's se- he can be second best. Yes. But still, but he, he can be the best. I will say he can. He's up there. He, I'm not saying he is. Yeah, but yeah, he, yeah. he can. The obvious if, counterpoint. If yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying he can be. So that's why if he if you can be the best, you should be able to play. The obvious counterpoint is there's another side of the floor. Yeah, literally everything else. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, literally everything, but especially offensively, just at any point really, if he has the ball in his hands, he's been all he's been good at making good decisions and like finding players. And he's he gets to the to the cup and dunks, but it's just not ideal. If he's got the ball in his hands, like beyond the three point line. Like your best case scenario is he passes to someone else who's going to be pretty tightly covered beyond the three point line. So, I don't think I don't think the case is there. Um, I, I'm okay. I will say he was like I, he, he's definitely in like top seven of alternates. Okay, so after the first four, he's one. So you're saying he's one of the best eleven players on the roster. Yes, and he's totally fair. Totally agree. Tory Craig doesn't exist clearly, so I don't think we're no. going to spend too much time talking about Tory Craig. Theoretically appealing, honestly, hasn't been the guy on defense that I think. And I know this is all I ever say about Tory Craig because we, we just don't have that much to talk about because he doesn't play. Better on offense, worse on defense than I expected, which, like, I don't know. 
less inspiring than Pat Connaughton, probably, from what I've seen at least. Yeah, we we also haven't seen him in great you know opportunities. Yeah, that's really fair. Which again, it's except it's kind against of, Denver. You know, we're not analyzing why necessarily, but it's just that's the reality. So we're not going to spend forty minutes on a podcast talking about something we haven't seen. This isn't like you know a Bigfoot podcast. Are those a thing? Oh yeah, it is. There's there's some good ones out there, Loch Ness monster and, and all that. Anyway, uh, we haven't talked about DJ Augustine at all. No, we haven't. We really it's, haven't. It's kind of obvious why I think. Yeah, he was like my third alternate. I'll say it's not bad. I think that's probably higher than I have him. I mean, like he he's definitely a capable ball handler, and you can't sometimes really... sometimes he I will he he is a capable ball handler. What okay, he does not with it. not driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. He's not a capable driver. What he driver. does with okay, it is sure. questionable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can trust him realistically having the ball in his hands for certain stretches. Yeah, you can pound the rock for a little bit and do whatever. Meander yeah, like around. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. He he is capable of leading an offense. Sort of. Yeah. Should he? No. 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 <laughs> can no. he? Theoretically. I think my thing would my my ability to dismiss him very easily. You know, I don't want anyone else handling the ball that much in these situations. You know, you're guaranteed to have Giannis, Chris, Drew Holiday out there. I want them with 99% of touches. I'd rather, honestly, even have Dante. Ah, it's close. Maybe I'd rather have DJA with the ball in his hands a lot than Dante in those scenarios just because I want the player with the ball to pass to one of the good guys, and Dante is less likely to do that. But, you know, if you're just looking at the offensive upside only, I think Bryn Forbes is still probably a little more useful in the – probably more than a little. Just more useful in the aggregate offensively. I also think Bryn Forbes is a better defender. I think DJ Augustine, pretty easily the worst defensive player on the roster. And it's just so hard for a guy like that to be able to play in he's worse closing. than Sam Merrill? I was only thinking of guys actually in the convo. He might be. He's just so small. I think Sam Merrill has a little bit yeah. of size on him. Yeah, Sam Merrill also has no idea what he's doing. That's fair. Sam Merrill's probably worse, but I think uh, it, it, <laughs> I don't know why that's the hill I'm dying. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not gonna not gonna debate this for too long. Um, <laughs> but I think of guys we're considering to close rotational players by a mile. Uh, it's DJ Augustine, and you know what we've seen on offense has been disappointing. Defense pretty much has advertised that adds up to a very unappeasing player when you're talking about closing lineups. I'm glad he's figured some things out offensively, it feels like. He's been playing better recently. More just quick trigger shooting, which is what the Bucks need. But if that's the upside, like Bryn Forbes is better and comes with less warts. So if if Bryn Forbes isn't making it, DJ Augustine certainly is not making it. Yeah, exactly. Bryn Forbes at least brings just an elite, elite skill. DJ yeah. Augustine does not, realistically, especially when you have Drew Holiday out there. Exactly. Okay, so... The second part of the question, and I guess the first part was pretty thorough, so we we, we dove into that. I mean, this might actually almost be quicker. I think it will be quicker, personally. But would a, is there any chance a midseason acquisition can get into this closing group? So this is kind of spurred by a question that was posted on the Eurostep Twitter account. If you're not following, go follow at Eurostep Podcast. But the Bucks question of the day, will Milwaukee add a player through a trader buyout who is better than Bryn Forbes, who we basically agreed only sort of has a case to be in this closing five. So if the answer here is no, they won't add a player better than Bryn Forbes, it's probably a pretty small chance they add a player who will crack the closing five, but maybe it's a better fit. Who knows? 
As of recording time, 113 votes are in. Just under 80% say no. A player better than Bryn Forbes will not be added. First, Rohan, what do you think about these results? You sounded a little surprised with how many people said no off the bat. I mean, yeah, initially I was like, oh, wow, that's a strong response. But then I thought about the question a little more. And I was like, yeah, they're probably right. <laughs> they're probably, it's difficult to add an impact player with what Milwaukee has. We talked about this uh, on our trade episode slash buyout episode. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult for Milwaukee to add such an impact player at this point. So your only real options to uh, really upgrade players, say they have the potential to play in the closing five, in my opinion, Harrison Barnes. Yeah, I think Harrison. I think Harrison Barnes is the obvious yes for me, Mm -hmm. but also I think like very low chance of acquisition. Yeah, low chance of acquisition. Otto Porter. Yes, again, right up. Marginally higher chance, still still not very high. It seems like he's playing there. Demar, yes, Demar is just. No, actually, no, he's not realistic at all. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's on trade talks, but I don't think there's any way they could get him. No. Um, Other than that. Unless you're adding like an impact, impact player, like I just mentioned, there's no yeah. real shot. There's so no real shot. Let me run a couple of the mid tier names past you just quickly here. So, yeah, I agree with you. Harrison Barnes and Otto Porter, those guys, pro- like, I think they should. And I think then your closing lineup becomes much more solidified as Jans at the five, because then you get one of those guys at the four, Chris at the three, you get way more flexibility with who guards who. And I think that it just makes more sense as long as, you know, they're playing well. Um, what about Barnes' teammate, Nemanja Bielica? Any chance? No. no. Shooting 32% from three this year. And I think any upside he does bring, like, I think Bobby Portis does all this stuff better, basically. So yeah. I, I don't think he could ever surpass Bobby Portis, which is why I don't think he makes a ton of sense as a trade target, quite honestly. No, he really doesn't, especially like you're going to have defensive lapses with Bielitsa as well. So, yeah. yeah. And I think just less yeah. athleticism. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to continue the streak of European force or just, yeah. no, supposedly stretch fours, I'll say. Yes. And it's just like, you know, don't give me another slow guy. I want a fast guy. We've seen the potential of fast guys. Don't give me a similar defender who's also slow and unathletic. You know, the Bucks have a good defender who can play the five who's slow and unathletic right now. I'd rather just roll with Brooke Lopez on the one end or Bobby Portis on the other than Bielitsa. Um Trevor Ariza, slightly more interesting. I don't think he makes the closing five, though. I think he has the chance to. He might be hashtag washed. We also haven't seen yeah. him play. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. He hasn't played any so games. In like a year. <laughs> yeah, it's been more than a year now because the NBA shut down more than a year ago as every other podcast of a 19-part series taking you back to that day. Like, we all remember, folks. It was one year oh, ago. Yeah. It's, yep. it's We all remember when you could go outside without concern. Like, I digress. Uh, Trevor Reza has not played in more than a year, did not go to the bubble, has not ever showed up to the Thunder this year. He's under contract, but just, just chilling, just at home like the rest of us. Um, he shot 40% from three in a very brief 21 game stint with Portland, but with the Kings in the half of the season before that 35% for his career is 35%, a lot of fluctuations, you know, he's looked at as a really good wing defender. Is he still that it's, it's shrug emoji. We just haven't seen it. I, 
you know, I'm interested in him as a buyout to see what's there. Potentially as like a, a real life Tory Craig, what people want from Tory Craig, but I'm not going to slot him in as a closing five guy yet. That's for sure. Why, why get, uh, why get real Tory Craig when you can try to get fake Tory Craig? <laughs> oh wait, you could just use Tory Craig. <laughs> they could just use Tory Craig as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I think like, he'd be, yeah, he'd be go a good ahead. addition to see like if he still has it. And if he does, he he could make his way into the closing five if he actually plays up to what we know he can do. But I don't I don't know if it's there. But like he definitely can. He has he has a large chance of being able to play himself into that role. I think I wouldn't say large. I think he has an uh, a he chance. has a chance. He has a I would say less than fifty percent. I would say yeah, 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 better than most of these targets. I think the real broad high level takeaway here. Actually, no, we'll close with that. Wayne Ellington. Potentially. I think no. I think no. Probably I mean, not. If Brent Forbes isn't going to make it and, you know, the rest of like Pat, I don't know if he's, I don't know if Wayne Ellington is that much better than Pat Connaughton. Maybe. Yeah. From what we've seen this season. Maybe. Just based on reputation, probably Wayne Ellington. But yeah, I think, based I think on what yeah. we've actually been seeing on the basketball court. I, he, he probably is. That's probably, that's probably a dumb take. I think Ellington's been pretty good this year. I think he's useful, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, you know what? I might put him on the Trevor Ariza level. I think there's some utility there. I don't think it's likely though. Yeah, he he could play himself into it. Yeah, if he was really good, he'd basically he would essentially be what they wanted from DJ Augustine. Yes. So then I guess I suppose I, I could see it. So maybe on Wayne Ellington, maybe on Ariza. Avery Bradley was linked to the Bucks under no. contract with the Miami Heat. I don't think so. No, 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 no. It's very Easy. small. He's very small, and like his best attribute is his defensive presence, yeah. or his alleged defensive presence, I will say. But he's he's so small. Plus, he's just he's not bringing it on the offensive end. He really isn't. So you can't really have like a small guy who prides himself on defense who doesn't bring anything on offense. <laughs> realistically, yeah. Like yeah, the Miami I, Heat don't play him like in clutch. Yeah, winning. I mean it's like there's Why a reason he he's go available. To a different team who does. There's a reason he's available. Um, is what I'll say there, and it's one of those. He, I think he is a pretty good defender, but you have to just use him on tiny guys. That's his thing, right? Like he's anti West Matthews. West Matthews was like going to be great on large, strong players, but really not that good defending smaller players. Avery Bradley's the opposite. Like he'll he'll be pesky against Isaiah Thomas, the small one. But, you know, he's not going to do much against the bigger players that, that Wes Matthews and now Drew Holiday can guard. So, yeah, I don't think Avery Bradley is. I don't think he's that good of a shooter either. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge. No. No. I don't, maybe. It's at this stage, you just why not just play Brooke Lopez? Yeah, I think that's that's the argument, right? Like kind of like bizarro world Brooke Lopez, like. Theoretically more useful on offense, but just not defensively. Uh, this is a random take. Those two have had very similar career arcs. Yeah, I think Lamarcus tops out higher. Yeah, for sure. But oh, for sure, for sure. But yeah, it's kind of the kind of the same class of big guy, right? Just in the different yeah, conferences. Right yeah, yeah I guess they did. Teams sort of, you know, tried to reinvigorate their careers, had success. I think Brook Lopez has had a much more successful second half. Of yeah. His career. Yeah. But yeah. No, that's just a random. Random thought. Yeah, I see LaMarcus more as almost – I would almost look at that for the Bucks the way the Blake Griffin thing is for the Nets. Like I don't expect him to close games, but he'll probably come in and be useful a few times. 
I think, yeah, he can still be a useful player. He definitely I also, can. I don't think he's coming to Milwaukee, no matter what. No. I don't think that would be the move uh, for him, but yeah, I don't I think mean, so. I mean, Powell must have told him some good stuff. That's true. That's true. Um, or finally, not, I don't know, Powell, <laughs> if you actually liked it in Milwaukee or not. It's, uh, he never really play- uh, no, 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 he I, played. He played one game oh, yeah. and got hurt. Yeah, they let him play a lot too. They were force feeding it. They were force feeding him shots. I remember now. Um, yeah, he pulled a Steve Novak. He played and got hurt. Steve. And then never saw him again. Actually, no, we see Steve Novak. I was going to say, we we do. We do. You don't like Steve Novak? I'll let my tone be my comment. I on think that. he's good. I think uh, he's fine. Okay. I think he's fine as like a post game guy. Sure. I, I'm referring to when. When Marcus is out and he is. The, I think uh, it's just Marcus is too good. Marcus yeah. is way too good. So just anyone else in there is not going to be, you're going to be a little disappointed. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah. I mean, Jeremy Grant is a guy who could pull off a bigger role. Not sure if Steve Novak's on the Jeremy Grant level. This is a weird comparison. Doesn't matter. Last guy on the list, PJ Tucker had to save the the most talked about name for last is there a chance pj tucker makes the closing five yes i would say smaller why else are you getting him i would say smaller than ariza or ellington i'd say it's i'd say it's i'd say it's at the same level as ariza slightly higher than ellington i just i don't buy the that's based on reputation alone yeah i don't buy the case that he's still that guy and it's just suddenly you know, he's just choosing to play bad in his 34 minutes a night or whatever. I just, I, I think he's small, but he plays big and that takes a big toll and he's getting older and Houston, unfortunately, didn't take care of him financially. And um, I, I think he has a lot of motivation to play well and, and make a team trade for him and then resign him. I just, I, I don't know. That, that goose might be cooked. There's yeah, a chance. There's a chance. There's a non-zero. Yeah, there's I'll say that. Yeah. And if you're acquiring him, you you want him to be able to play into that starting five if you're trading for him or at least final five probably not starting five yeah that's what i meant to say yeah uh, yeah into into that final five so we're saying the guys with a chance a real legitimate chance who also seem available so like harrison barnes auto porter yes demar Derozan, yes don't know if any of those guys are really available but obviously a big move like that is a yes in terms of the guys who might actually get acquired P.J. Tucker, maybe. Trevor Ariza, maybe. Wayne Ellington, maybe. Pretty much everyone else, no shot. They get it in the closing five. Yes. Basically, essentially, wing defenders and P.J. Tucker. That's what I was going to say as the big takeaway. I mean, Wayne Ellington, not really that. Wayne Ellington, he probably should be third among that group. I don't I don't know if he's going to offer that much more than a Bryn Forbes. No, he, he was definitively the, the worst out of that. List. Yeah. It would, he'd have to just be so good. He'd have to just... He'd have to be... Darn, damn near like DJ Augustine's ball handling and a tick below Bryn Forbes shooting. Like the combo, DJ Augustine's anticipated ball handling and creation. I don't think he's that. I'm probably, I might be being too generous to Wayne Ellington. He'd be a helpful player. I don't think he'd close. So maybe Ariza, maybe PJ Tucker. And you nailed it. You know, it would be a guy you could slot in at the four because that's the position right now that they could really use as a four that you can close with who can defend and hit shots and open up Giannis at the five opportunities. So that would be the one spot it seems like a buyout player or trade acquisition could actually fit in to the Milwaukee Bucks. Exactly, exactly. But Or just like a stud at the two. Yeah, or just but someone who's really so feasible. good, so good that you're like, all right, you know what, we'll figure out Chris at the four. It's Bogdan. worth it. 
What? <sighs> you would. You would do that. Oh, that was a good one. I'll give I'll give you. You got me there. Um <laughs> But I don't know. I think overall some good takeaways, right? Like the we obviously for the closing five, we knew the three. Dante, just go ahead and put him in at four. Um, ups and downs for sure, but I think in aggregate should be that fourth guy in the closing five. And then the fifth, big teams, Brooke Lopez. Otherwise, you have to figure out who can play that four position if you want Giannis at the five. Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, or you make Chris Middleton do it and go small. Yeah, I would I would lean Bobby Portis, but I do see the I see the uh, potential of like adding Bryn Forbes. Are, are Bryn or Pat the closest behind? You know, let, let's let's throw Brooke Lopez aside. I just think that's a separate conversation. If we say Bobby Portis, is it then like Bryn and Pat kind of depending on matchup? Yeah, I'd say Bryn and then Pat and then Thanasis. <laughs> and then Thanasty. Yeah, I, th- I think that's pretty fair. Um, you laugh now, but when he's winning finals MVP, you'll be crying. I Tears would actually cry because I, I would feel like like something's wrong with me and I'm just not perceiving reality anymore. <laughs> like something has gone some <laughs> chemical imbalance or something's gone just horribly wrong. I with, need to go me. to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, I'd drive me drive me to Aurora, wherever. Let's uh let's get me tended to. <laughs> that happens. I'm getting suspended from every social media platform. Correct. Um one last thing. Throughout this convo. It kind of clicked for me why Pat does see the floor in some of these situations. He is kind of that fit of like does what the perimeter players do sort of and can play the four sort of. I'd like to see more Bobby Portis getting the shot there and just seeing how it goes. So I think the upside is higher. Yeah. And Pat's just Pat's just way faster. He's yeah. way faster. Yeah, so that's Pat like can, the big draw. Pat, you can guard most fours, not Kevin Durant, but most fours credibly because he's strong. And, you know, he's going to be much quicker than a Bobby Portis and obviously than a Brooke Lopez. Yeah, you just get that 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 trademark athleticism uh, from uh, from Pat Connaughton out there. So which is why sport he's... athlete. <laughs> Do you know he played baseball? I, I heard that actually somewhere. Don't know where. <laughs> um, but but yeah, you just that's why he's worthy of being in this conversation. It's not out of the question for sure. Agreed. Well, there I think and, we solved it. I think we did solve it. I think we, this was a very productive conversation we just had here. Anything else we need to add here before we wrap it up? I think that I think that's about it. I think I'm not expecting. I don't know. We're, we're going to see weird closing fives because Bud is Bud. I think we're going to see Brook Lopez sometimes. I want to see Bobby well, Portis yeah, get some let's, shots. Let's say that we probably will see Brook Lopez a lot. Like, I don't. I don't think we'll see him every game against the Nets. I mean, we've seen him. The, the the Bud's gone away from him in some of these games. You know, of the last few weeks here, I think we'll continue to see that. It'll be fascinating to see what fifth guy gets the nod in all these looks, and how often it's Pat, or how many times Bobby Portis gets the nod. I, I again, I already said it. That's what I want to see. I want to see just close a game against whoever the Grizzlies with Bobby Portis out there, and let's just see how it goes. Yeah, I will say the most used fourth quarter lineup is the starting lineup. Makes sense. So we're going to see a lot of Brooke Lopez. He's in yeah. three of the top. Uh, he's the he's in the top three fourth quarter line. So we yeah. will see a lot of Brooke Lopez. We will. We will. And, and listen, if he keeps playing well, like we covered in the other pod, it's going to be hard to Add argue that, that much. Yeah. Yeah. If it's if it's working, why mess with it? Correct. Yes. Well, okay. I think because the honest, the five deserves exploration. But you know, that's neither yes. here nor there. If you're winning, that's good. That's true. Okay, you've got me. You've got me on that. You've got me on that one. Hashtag 
math. Score more points than the other team. If you're doing that, I think you're in you're in you're in a good spot. Get your saber metrics out of here, Rohan. I test only. <laughs> uh saber metrics. Uh this this is good. This is a good way to wrap it up. I guess I'll say uh thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. If you did indeed enjoy the show. Please leave a rating. Make sure you subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Tell all of your family and friends about the show. Check out all of the great content across the entire Blue Wire Podcast Network. Please stay safe, everyone, and we will talk to you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.